Well, hello again, friends. Welcome to the Make 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 podcast episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Make 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 podcast. With us today is Miss Emily Post from Veriglass Imagery. I'm very excited to talk to Emily today. So, Emily, if you could introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Emily Post, and I am the photographer and owner of Veriglass Imagery. Awesome. And if people wanted to see your work right off the bat and don't want to listen to anything else I have to say, where should they go to check out what you do? Uh, probably the best place would be my website, which is very simple. It's just veraglassimagery.com. Awesome. Awesome. That's so exciting. I, uh, you know, on, on this podcast, what we talk about is artists um, and how they make money so that they can continue to make the art that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I've told you this already, but I'm going to say it for our lovely listeners out there. I'm fascinated by your business model. And I'll be honest with you, I'm inspired by your business model uh, because we both have small children. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours are just a little bit younger than mine, but um, there's a lot of constraints being a small business owner and being a small child owner. Um, <laughs> And so, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I know, I know, that's a terrible way to say it. Um, But if you could just kind of tell me, start off with uh, your journey so far. Like, how how did you get to where you are now? Oh, my goodness, that is a loaded question, my friend. Um, So, okay, how, like, just from the beginning of photography, I guess? I mean, you you started, I mean... Maybe your your last iteration to where you are now. You don't have to go too far back. We don't okay. need like in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, I was back. created. Um, yeah. No, so <laughs> um, in when I lived in Canada, I was in banking, so nothing photography related. I mean, I've always. It's kind of funny because <laughs> you dig out old pictures uh, that I took when I was like in grade, like nine having my friend pose in a dress on on our couch and stuff but at the time I didn't you would never think anything of it but now it's kind of like a like a little thing that I look at and I'm like oh oh I was even thinking about photography back then but um I never really did I was in banking very serious boring stuff for the most part um and then I had two kids back to back the second one was not planned and um I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss. I just wasn't quite sure what I was going to end up doing. There's been a lot of things that I've enjoyed doing. Um, And my husband kind of just got tired of me (laughs) talking about all these different things. For a while there, I was making some really fabulous mugs. Okay, but it wasn't exactly paying the bills. Um, And so he just kind of said to me, like, listen, I'm tired of hearing you talk about all these different things that you want to try and you don't try anything. So try pick something and try it. Just try it. So um, I had been taking some photos of my cute babies and uh, people had been commenting about photography and I'd honestly never really considered it. Um, So... I told him that's what I'm going to try. So he took, it was right before Christmas. He took me out. He got me a camera, a very basic camera. I'm kind of embarrassed to say the camera I was using. The the, the first camera I had that I charged money for was a Canon Rebel XTI. So, okay. Mine wasn't even a DSLR, sir. Okay. So, okay. Okay. (laughs) 
so uh, that's how it all started. I started doing family sessions, posing people's smallest to tallest, and uh, not taking any... Like, cons- a, like an AT&T commercial? Exactly. Like the, the five bars? Yeah, not great. taking any consideration for like the giant uh, factories in the background and uh, <laughs> just... Making one person look like beet red and the other one looking pale yellow and just, you know, it was just a hot mess. And then I heard about boudoir. I really hope I'm not getting into too much detail here. I uh, I heard about boudoir and um, I was like, sure, I'll try it. So my first boudoir event was on a couch in uh, the middle of the woods. (laughs) And uh, I had no real idea what I was doing, Um, but I did find it interesting. And I was surprised how quickly I sold out. And now, mind you, it makes sense that I sold out because I was charging barely anything at all um but women just seem to really really want to do something like this and I'd never heard of it really before um so then I just started growing my skill and um going from there I guess yeah yeah and and what I find is interesting is that that's pretty you know you kind of do one thing right you do boudoir events Mm -hmm. um I mean you'll probably take other jobs as they come but you're really it seems like you're really focused on doing one thing Right. And and for, honestly, for a while, my, my husband kind of gave me a hard time about that. He's like, why aren't you opening up yourself to opening up yourself to everything? And um, I was like, listen, I hear all the time that people are able to just make an income with boudoir. I know it's possible. I just haven't figured out how to do it yet. It took a lot of adjustments to my business model and a lot of adjustments to my pricing before I was able to get there. Yeah, no, I, I applaud you on that and sticking to your guns because mm-hmm. I am a generalist. Literally in the last week, this is just the last week, uh, maybe 10 days, I have shot Christmas ornaments for one of my product clients. I have shot and shot and oh, well, that's a good word, <laughs> photographed uh, two high-end automobiles. Um, I've done a maternity session. I have done a three-day corporate event for a Fortune 500 company. Um and I'm shooting for the toll road tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I, it, yeah, after, and this is 12, this is my 12th year in business. You would think that I would have picked one and I probably would have been more successful had I, I picked one. I don't think what? that's the case though. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Honestly, it only became very recently a choice. Um, mm-hmm. mainly in the sense that I just don't have time to take on much else. I have two weddings this year, um, one next month and one that I did in August. Um, and those like in combination with the boudoir events, it's like putting me over the top. I can't take on much else. Um, Oh, I, I have a wedding on Saturday. I'm shooting as well. Oh really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all over the place. So like, and honestly, I would still do maternity. Um, I'm not really doing, I'm saying no to family right now. I'm saying no to most weddings and stuff like that. Um, but I do enjoy doing something different on occasion because it, it switches things up and it keeps things fresh. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's what I tell myself is that each skill I learn in one helps me in the other areas. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that, I think that's true. But branding and marketing is, has been a struggle for me. Like, what am I known as? Like, if you, if you say Vera Glass, like, we know exactly what you do, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody has heard that name, they know exactly what you do. If you say my brand, which is Azul Ox, they're like, oh, he's the instructor. Oh, he's the wedding. Like, it, there's like 19 different things that I do. And I do them all like, okay. Um, but I always wondered, like, if I specialized, could I have been 
like really, really good. And so I think you're, it's interesting talking to you because you're, you're so humble, Joshua, you are (laughs) much better than okay or whatever you just said. I know. But still, my point being, like, as far as, like, branding yourself and marketing, like, could I have been doing national-level campaigns mm-hmm. um, had I been um, focused on one area? Like, maybe just transportation, like, which is an area I really like, right? Transportation, automotive. Like, should I have focused there? But mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have the skills now. Like, the skills I have now to do it now, would I have had those skills have I, had I specialized? I don't know. Mm. It, anyway, this isn't about me. Let's talk about you. Cause I, I, so, tell me, like... I know that we we had talked earlier that you had said like when you first did them like post processing was really a pain point. Most what? That post processing like editing your photos like right when you were starting out was really hard on you. So can you tell our listeners kind of like where you were at that point? Oh my goodness! Well, I didn't know how to. <laughs> As you bring in PSD, sorry, I didn't mean to like trigger you. No, there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I didn't know how much how to do much of anything at the at the start, and honestly, I really didn't have many people in my life that were willing to mentor me, and and rightfully mm. so. People should not mentor for free, um, but I did not at the time. I didn't realize the value of that, and I we didn't have any money. You know, so I kind of had to learn from YouTube tutorials and and teach myself. But at the very start, um, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. And that's just kind of how I taught myself is YouTube tutorials and practice. And honestly, I figured out how to use a lot of the tools just by clicking on it and seeing what it did, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you did a session on a Saturday, how long how long would it take to get the files done? Oh, dear Lord. Um, I can't quite remember at the start how long it was. Honestly, it probably wouldn't have been that long right at the start, only because I wasn't doing very much because I didn't Uh, know how to do very much. So it it wasn't taking me very long. Um, But then I started, what you're talking about is the next stage, which was when I started to get very particular about my photos. And And I continue to get more and more particular. It's like when you start, there's things about different poses and stuff that don't bother you. Like that giant mm-hmm. factory in the background did not bother me. I was not phased. Mm-hmm. Now I would know to be, okay, well, maybe let's stand over here. Um, and now I'll be like, I know you'll know what I'm talking about. That pose makes her look amputated. Or right. you like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just little thing, like her, something's connecting with something in the, in the background. That bothers me. Um, mm-hmm. this, this shadow on her face, that bothers me. That shouldn't be there. And, and so I... Now, thankfully, I've gotten better at getting what I want in camera um, versus doing it afterwards. Um, But the tricky thing is that a lot of boudoir photographers rely mainly on posing to hide things that they don't want to show, whereas I like the artistic freedom to do um, things uh, sporadically and like just spontaneously in the moment whatever I'm inspired by I just want to throw somebody against a wall not literally but you know I throw them against the wall yeah. and, and do this random pose that pops into my mind and I don't want to think about their cellulite or their their belly or anything like that I, I'm going to fix fix that for them and post um, so yeah. I would say that my editing still takes quite a while sir it still takes quite a while because awesome. I do a lot of extra stuff that I think um, some people don't do yeah. No, it's depending on my project. Yeah. I mean, it's, I have things that take a while. I have things that don't take any time at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I find it interesting, like how 
post-production falls into it. For me, I always tell people, hey, you pay me to shoot, right? I only, I only make money when I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not shooting, I'm not making money. And the, every minute every minute that I spend editing is a, is a minute that I'm not, I couldn't be out shooting earning money. Um, mm. And so I, I, I had to That's get efficient. Yeah, I mean, I had to get super efficient at editing. Um, you know, and I had to learn how to be quick and I had to learn how to be efficient. But that's also led me to my lighting journey um, where I knew that if I lit things in the field and I used lights that I didn't have to edit, I didn't have to do sky replacements, I didn't have to do all those things I saw other people doing. And so I could get out and shoot more and the more I shoot, the more I, mar- I could market myself, right? right? Because then you had more clients that would go talk about you. Um, and I just think to me, like Lightroom, Photoshop, the more efficient you can get there, the more let yours open yourself up to making more money because you have more time to go do other things or not shoot and just, you know, go enjoy your kids or whatever. Um, but there's also that flip side of like, you got to make it look right in whatever way you can. Um, so, yeah. So, so where are you, where are you at now? So like, what's your, what's your current business model? Like where... Ideally, with two kids, how many you do like what one boudoir event a month? Is that kind of the goal? Yes. So I do one every month. Um, And how many is that, you know, all week? Is it a couple days? Like it's a week. It's a weekend. Um, Okay. And generally in a weekend, I (laughs) so I want I'm I'm currently adjusting my pricing because I want to I want to shoot less people in a weekend than what I'm doing right now. Right now it's a little bit hectic. The events are a little bit rushed. um, And I'd like to have more time with each client individually and not feel as frazzled during the day. So for example, my October event, I'm, (laughs) I'm shooting 13 women that weekend. Oh my gosh. So 13, I mean, how many, how many hours, 90 minutes each, two hours each? So, they, hour? I don't know. So they have an hour in hair and makeup and then an hour with me. Okay. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot. That's an hour of shooting. Isn't much. I mean, we, we know that, right. That's not, that's not a lot. And some of, some of them will have a little bit more because they purchase, it's a Halloween event. So they're doing multiple uh, looks. So they have to go uh, back in a hair and makeup and then I have to shoot with them again. So it'll probably wow. work out to closer to the 90 minute range. And generally I produce about, 120 to 180 images in that hour. And so, so, and I know you do some of this, so I want to talk about it. It's not just you're delivering, it's not just you shooting somebody and delivering files, right? That's not what you do. Right. Right. So tell us what you do, because I think it's interesting. So I guess I'm kind of confused. What do you mean by just shooting? And so explain, explain the whole experience for them. So basically I have, um, I wanted to make mine stand out. I'm, I'm constantly trying to be unique. I don't like to do things that I see everybody else doing. Um, like for the longest time, I avoided doing milk baths because I just felt like I saw them everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Um, so I was like, unless I'm confident that I can make mine a little bit unique, I don't want to do it. Um, so it's the same thing with my business. Um, I know that the, the market is extremely saturated with a lot of boudoir photographers. So how can I be different? Um, 
So with mine, uh, the difference is I pour more into the experience. So clients that come in, uh, they now most of them get to use what I called a reset room. Um, so they come in and they get, oh no, what happened? You're still here. I, I can hear you. Oh, I disconnected. I'm sorry. <laughs> it showed disconnected oh. on my end. Um, sorry. So they'll come in, they'll start in the reset room, which is generally 45 minutes and they get neck a hand and feet massa- foot massages um, nice. because a lot of these women come in, they're not really used to being around strangers in their underwear. Um, and it's just an extra, <laughs> it's an extra step to get them to, to chill out a bit. Generally, like even with that, women still get to me and their lips are shaking. They're, they're so nervous. Um, so it was just my way of trying to slow down the experience and, and try and get some of the, the women's that, women that I can uh, to relax. So then they go into professional hair and makeup for about an hour. And then they come to me for about an hour. And then they go to uh, my... Um, sales consultant who sits with them they they comb through their own images they pick the images that they want they pick the package that they want um and then after you're frozen can you hear me still yeah yeah I hear you okay fine. okay and then after that um like even my packages I try and offer um unique things that I don't see everywhere like they can get there's there's certain options that I have where I go shopping for them afterwards and I pick out little things for them and uh that type of thing but and then I also have um signature cocktails uh with like really fancy alcohol and mimosas and i try and oh, get that the sounds fa- great i'm ready i'm ready to do one You're i'm coming? getting some dude war going oh great i have a, <laughs> a really uh nice, hashtag dad bod yeah i have fa- fancy snacks uh <laughs> delicious mimosas i have and then i have options on top of all of these like add-ons um my clients are i'm connected with a local designer here in austin um called feather red and she designs custom yep. design lingerie for my clients that's awesome. Um, I also have options for you to uh, get goodie bags. I have options for you to hire a professional model to pose with you couples boudoir style in your photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. came about because a lot of my clients are going through divorces, um, really bad breakups. Uh, I was wondering about that. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, was, I was curious. I was curious the, the or, origination of that. And that's interesting. Yeah, that's what it is. And honestly, the first time that I did it, like I, I could have cried because I signed up a good friend of mine um, who was having a really hard time and going through a really bad uh, separation and I I was like you need to do this I know you need to do this and I had the perfect male model who was so genuine down to earth funny you know would make her super comfortable and the moment he left she just collapsed to the floor and she said like that was the most amazing experience I ever had (laughs) She's like, it felt so good to be touched and he smelled so good. And it just, the whole, like, she's like, I could cry. Like, that was so amazing, you know? Um, So, yeah, so that's something else I offer as well. That's amazing. And so, I mean, really what I hear you saying is it's about two things. It's about the experience of being photographed and it's about the prints and albums that they get to take home eventually. I mean, I know they don't happen, you know, immediately, but like, at the end of the day, a year from now, what they're going to remember is the experience of being photographed by you. And then they're going to have an amazing album or an amazing metal print 
um, to showcase themselves. I mean, is that, is that, am I understanding correctly? Yes. Basically like it's not just the images. I, I wanted yeah. it to be more than that. The images are almost like your takeaway. Oh, another thing I have, cause I'm looking at it right now is I'm also connected with a local, uh, painter who will paint you. Uh, turn one of your bo- boudoir photos into art, basically. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if they like paint on them or, or, no. or paint them as subjects. <laughs> I mean, I've done that too, but no, this yeah, is uh, yeah. something that you can add on afterwards as well. I do that. Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. So I-, I love what I'm hearing, right? You do, you know, a bunch of prep, you do one executed big event every month. Um, you know, you have somebody there to make, help them make choices so that you can keep shooting. Um, so how do you, how do you get the word out? Like, are you, is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it email list? Like, are, is it, are people just randomly Googling you? Like, how do they, how are you getting the world word out about what you're doing? Oh, um, honestly, I think a lot for me is word of mouth. And okay. it's, it's Amazing. kind of crazy, but like, I don't know how it happens. It's just, <laughs> somebody will say to me like, yeah, I was at a car dealership buying a car and I heard the secretary talking about you. And I'm like, who is that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> and I took my son to his doctor's appointment and we're just about to leave. And the nurse is like, I love your photos, by the way. And I'm just like how are you people hearing about me? Like, I don't understand. And I mean, I do, I do do the regular stuff. I do, um, ads through Facebook. Um, but they are harder to get approved because I shoot boudoir and Facebook won't really approve every, uh, anything. Um, sure. so I do that. I have done email lists before, but I didn't really find, um, much success with that. Um, I've done a bridal show, um, which I kind of stood at out at because there was wedding photographers there, but there wasn't boudoir photographers. Um, so I went in with like um, offering specifically for bachelorette parties and uh, just bridal boudoir in general. And I got good. I got some good clients from that, honestly. Um, but overall, I would say just like um, a consistent presence online combined with um, posting in uh, your local groups um, for photography and that type of thing. Um, I'm also connected to a lot of models um, who they have friends, you know, but just, I think just overall, just a consistent presence and getting creative with your marketing. Um, I just started doing TikToks and I get a huge response to that. Um, I've seen some of those. I still don't know what to do with TikTok. (laughs) Well, they kind of take down most of my videos for community guidelines uh, violations with my photos. Um, But they're still they still give me what I need because I just make the video even to get even if it gets take down, taken down off of TikTok. I post that crap everywhere. Can't stop me. You can't stop me. No, you can't stop the. But I got a huge response. I don't know if you saw the one I just made the other day. But like, you'll know as a photographer, I got 12 inquiries that day. Whoa. 12. That's amazing. I know. I didn't even know what to do with it anymore. <laughs> I was trying I got, to work. I was trying to edit. I was like, oh, I'm never going to get anything done. I had five last Friday, which was a lot. I mean, that's a lot for me. You know, one or that's two. A lo- one or a two couple of week, is like, A, a couple of weeks is like great. Mm-hmm. Um but I had five and I was like, I like, I'm trying to like email one and set up bids and quotes. And I was like, ah, I kind of got a little flustered. I can't imagine 12. Yeah. 
And it, the thing, the reason why you get flustered is because you try and pour yourself into each response and be as genuine yep. and inviting as possible, right? Um, and as personable to the, uh, to their situation, you know. Um, so yeah, so it was tricky. <laughs> yeah, I always want to sound like I'm not a bot. That's always my goal. Like I don't want to sound like the canned response. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and I guess I didn't mention. So I rent luxury Airbnbs for my sessions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that. that is a huge selling point um, because they're not just coming to a studio. You get to re- it's really like a mini vacation in, in my that, that's what I want it to be like anyways. Um, so you people see these beautiful places um, and they want to be in that space. Um, and they definitely want to have their sexy photos taken at that beautiful space. Um, so that's, oh, that's also, that's a huge factor of my business that I did not talk about before. Oh yeah. I mean, especially this year, right? I mean, how many, how many moms want to escape just for a few hours, right? Mm-hmm. G- give me four hours just to go be somebody else. Well, and last year I was being really dumb and I was <laughs> starting each, <laughs> each month going, okay, which Airbnb am I going to book now? Whereas today I just reserved January. So wow. now so we're in, like, we're in September for those of you listening, right? You know, who don't listen today. Yeah. So we're in September and you're booking all the way out, you know, four five, six months out. Yes. So I take nice. December off. Well, when I say take it off, I have an event at the end of November and the editing takes me into the first few weeks of uh, December. But I take it. I don't do an event in December. Um, but yeah, I'm sold out pretty much completely. I think I only have four spots left in November. Um, but planning ahead like that is such a huge thing because then you have these beautiful locations and people can look at them and maybe they can't afford it right now, but they can afford it if they save or they do a prepayment plan with you over the next four or five months until that event is happening. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I, uh, one of the things that this whole pandemic has been able to afford me is usually I'm so busy that I don't look up very much. Um, It's just usually my main goal is like, did I do what I need to do yesterday? What am I doing today? What I need to do tomorrow? And just not having any bandwidth to think about next month, six months, a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today I started getting some feedback. I posted uh, a poll question to our email list about, hey, I'm going to do, I do a lot of weird stuff, but Milky Way photography. And like I started planning something for June of 21, which is like crazy far out for me to plan something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've already gotten a pretty good response. I haven't started like signups or anything yet, but just been talking to people, you know. And so I need to do, I've been inspired by you. I was like, I need to like plan because my work-life balance is terrible. I work a whole bunch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm, I'm not around I'm around my kids a lot as well, but those are the two things I do. I I'm either at home with my kids or I'm working like that. That's all I do. Um, and so trying to like introduce some more balance in my life has been a struggle. So how do you, how do you manage, right? Being a mom, being a small business owner, like how does that, um, how does that go? (laughs) So yeah, so planning ahead definitely was a huge stress reliever for me. And it was, it was one of those things I was like, this was right in front of my nose this entire time. Why wasn't I doing this before? Now I have dates. I have dates for all of 2021 when I'm doing events, like, and it's just, it it feels less like chasing a a paycheck you know, because I, I know somewhat what my future looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, there might be cancellations, but I know overall 
you know, this event sold out, this, this cost is taken care of and that type of thing. As far as, um, the work-life balance, I mean, that is, that is always a struggle. Um, in some sense, I find with life in general, the, the moment you feel like you're getting one area really right, um, another area, uh, proves to be suffering a little bit. Um, So it's difficult. I mean, a big factor for that for me was just um, a support system, childcare in general. Um, When I first moved down here, I don't know how I was doing it, but I was... I was doing all those boudoir events with little to no childcare. So I was editing with my children there. They were not in school yet. I don't know how the heck I was doing it. No wonder I was stressed out all the time. So now I've, I, I just said, you know, I want to feel like I have a regular job. So now I have a sitter that comes here, um, every day during the week, um, at least for two weeks so that I can slam out my editing, um, and just feel like, because if I know that I have a ton of editing pending, I'm stressed. And if I'm stressed, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as good of a mom as I could be. Um, so that's been a huge factor to me is just having a feeling like I have more time to get done what is on my mind, what, what I know I need to get done um, in the time that I need to get it done by. Um, so that's a huge factor for me. Um, also doing stuff like having those automated messages through Facebook. I know it's a simple thing, but um, to respond to people outside of business hours, like set myself business hours so that at night I'm not on my phone and I'm still bad for it because if I get an inquiry, I want to answer them right away. I don't want to want them to go to the next person. I am a hustler like that. I will keep going. I will respond to you at two in the morning sometimes, <laughs> but I can't. Um, no, I, 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 let me, let me, let me say something yeah. about that because I think that is a huge it's a huge thing. I, I can't tell you how many corporate clients I've gotten because I was the first to respond. Exactly. Not mm-hmm. only that, so one of our big clients is Keller Williams. And, you know, they're the largest real estate company in the world. And they preach that. They're like, listen, like 80% of the time, that buyer is going with the first person to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard being a one person business or, you know, even a small business, right? Right. But people email you like Thursday night at nine Mm o'clock. Are you going to be the one that picks it up or are you going to let that business go somewhere else? But it's also like so anxiety ridden as well. So I don't know what to tell people, but answer the phone and, and respond to emails you and your to, business you will You have go to up. try and find a balance. Like I do have it set up so that most people should be going through to my website. Yep. Um, and then they'll get kind of they'll get like a response email through that um Mm -hmm. but it is hard it is hard it's 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 depends on the day you know if i'm feeling like i really need to be giving my family my full attention um extra tonight you know Mm -hmm. um it is good to have those automated messages and i phrase it as personable as i can um but yeah, it's one of those things, you know, you, you kind of have to figure out the, the best way for you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, you do. I mean, you have to do what works. Um, 
but I can tell you one of the things that works is answering your emails and answering your phone when it yeah, rings. It does. Yeah, I mean, it does. And the, the, auto, do, the automated stuff helps, but. I do feel like I've separated myself a little bit. Like I do think that like, and I don't mean this in a bragging way at all, but I do feel like my photos compared to a lot of the boudoir photographers in the area, they stand out. Um, yep. And that's because I, I pour a lot of what, I'm a, I've always been a creative person and I really want to be different and stand out. And that shows in my photos, I think. So when I do get those messages, I do feel like sometimes because I've established myself somewhat that they will wait. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. generally the messages are like, oh my God, I'm dying to work with you. I, I've seen your photos. You did a session for my friend. She said you were amazing. You know what I mean? If it's a message like that, they're going to wait. But, yeah. but like, I agree with you, like the people that just like found you by Google or whatever, they'll, they'll probably just keep Googling. Right. Yeah. I was, I, I felt successful when I got a client that I didn't know and they didn't know, like, we didn't know anybody the same. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was a while ago, but that was, was like, what? You don't know anybody? Like, like you're not you like from? my, yeah. Like, how do you know me? Yeah. Um, but you're, you're starting to probably get some of that. The other thing I tell people to be successful is you have to stick around long enough for word of mouth to happen. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're hitting that wave of like, it's not, it's not the first generation people. It's, it's all the first generation people that had an amazing experience telling that second generation. Well, and it, it's, I honestly, I'm still kind of done, dumbfounded, dumbfounded by it. Because when I moved down here, like I'm from Canada, I didn't know anybody down here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I know my husband's family, but I didn't use them for any photography at all. Um, so it's it's still kind of confusing how it happened. And now, mind you, I was raised very much on the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I, I knew when I started this that we got to a point where my husband was kind of pushing me to go back to a regular nine to five. You know, we, we needed the money. I was very stressed and it was 2000, the start of 2019. I knew that was my breaker, my make or break year. I knew it. And my I wife felt did the same thing to me. What? My, my wife did the same thing to me about two and a half years into my business. She's like, look, you either got to, you either got to do something better or you got to do something else. Yeah. So like yeah. last year, I just, I just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> I ran I a couple it. like um, marketing type things at the st start of last year. I did this like Valentine's Day contest to try and grow my social media. That kind of worked. Um, and then I did the simpler things like I moved into a new town and I went into the downtown area and I just walked around to each store and I introduced myself to everybody. Nice. Look at that. Pounding the pavement. Yeah. Well, I've always been that way. Honestly. That's awesome. I, you know what, though? I, I applaud you. Can I, can I, I'll stop you for a second. I, I applaud you. I, I, I think too many people suffer from what I call the Harry Potter syndrome, mm -hmm. which is they're all sitting around waiting for their letter to Hogwarts. Right. Instead of like showing up at the castle and like beating down the door until they let them in. Yeah, no, I've never and been that I, yeah, but I think so many people are like, well, if I build a bit better mousetrap, if I take better quality photos, they'll find me. Um, and I think that's pretty far from the truth. No, I and I completely agree with you. Even when I was back, um, when I first started working at this like 
bank that I worked at. It was like in a business building and it was such a beautiful building and it was like my first big girl job. You know, I always worked at like clothing stores and that type of thing. And I walked Mm -hmm. into that building and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to work here. I want this job so badly. (laughs) It was so fancy. It was so nice. And um, I got the job. But then I wanted to stand out. It was the same thing. I was like, now I have the job, but I want to stand out. Um, There were such cool people that worked there, you know, and I just wanted to stick out. So they did this like silent auction uh, where not silent auction. It was an auction where they were giving away different packages like a manager. It was a call center. So manager would take your calls for the day or you'd get to. you'd get to do these different things right and the biggest package was you got to shadow my what would have been my boss's boss at the time so you would go with him to all of his big meetings for an entire day while a manager took your calls all day so all of their sales would count as yours a manager would clean your car out and you would get to go to a box a, a game a hockey game in a box um like box that sounds fancy yeah, I got I got box seats. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So at the time, uh, my mom had just given me some money for my birthday, and you know, I've learned I learned that day that I should never participate in auctions because it just starts to not feel like money. It just feels like you're sh- who can shout a, a higher number, <laughs> you know. And uh, see, I see see the success of eBay for that. <laughs> exactly. So I spent six hundred and seventy five dollars at that auction. To buy that largest package, but it was an investment um, because I tell you what, after that night at the hockey game, we all went out to a bar afterwards. It was me and all of the managers in that that whole like sec- whole department. Um, and I met all of the higher ups at those that meeting. I got promoted six times that year. Wow! I think because I knew everybody and I've just, I've, I've always had like kind of an instinctive thing with that kind of thing. If I, I see something and yes, it's an investment, but knowing that it's a good investment, you know what I mean? Oh no. I mean, I think you're saying two things there. One is invest in yourself, bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think as entrepreneurs, we instinctively bet on ourselves. Um, but two, and for, anybody that's ever met me or listened to any episode of this podcast is your network is your net worth, right? It's not who you know, it's who knows you. And mm-hmm. so once the managers were aware of who you were, mm-hmm. doors started opening. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. I, you know, growing up, I always kind of, I, I really had a visceral reaction against the idea of fraternities. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, these people are just buying their friends and right. you know, whatever, and now I look back, I'm like, man, I'm going to put my kid in a fraternity because it's it's a network for life. And how important that is in the success of anybody that wants to be a business person or entrepreneur or anything they want to do. Yeah, and, I totally agree. You know, I always ask people like, you know, what's the difference between going to Harvard and going to University of Texas at Austin, right? Does the University of Texas at Austin, a great school, one of the top public schools in the world, does it have books that Harvard doesn't have? No. So why is it so important to go to Harvard? It's because you're going with other people who want to go to Harvard. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that higher level network that you're trying to gain access to. Exactly. Or why is it? Well, I mean, it is important, but I didn't go to school at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, 
I'll be the first to tell you, like, I mean, I did, but it was a long circuitous route. I, I crammed a four-year degree into eight. Um, and the, most of the people I, I met were all the people I met working in the restaurant that I worked in while I was paying my way to go through school. Um, but I got, I was supposed to be, I, I got into university. I was supposed to go for political science. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I I saw um I fell in love and I didn't go. <laughs> Let's just summarize Aww. with that. Not not with my husband either. It was with my ex fiance. I just didn't go. That's all good. You know, but I think successful people will be successful no matter what, but the ceiling is based on who knows them. Uh which is why marketing is so important, right? Because it opens new doors for your brand, for your person, for whatever. Well, what, um, what you were saying about the Harry Potter thing, like I think about that and how it relates to me is that, you know, I do think I I guess I don't feel like that was me, but at the same time I kind of do. I do think that I was just waiting for something to happen. You know, like mm-hmm. something big is going to happen and then I'll be successful, you know? And like, it was just within the last year that like, I kind of, I tear up when I think about it sometimes because I'm just like, it was me. I was the big yeah. thing that, that was happening. I, I had it all in me all along. <laughs> I just had to apply myself to something, you know? Yeah. You know, I'll use a car analogy. You know, I think so many times we worry about building bigger and bigger engines, and we, we fail to work on that transmission, right? Transmitting that power we all have into something that will actually like make the tires go. Um, you can have a big engine that revs, but unless you have a transmission that can support it, it doesn't matter how big that engine is. Um, and growing up, right, I was that like gifted kid that, not gifted in like, I, I mean like, yeah, I, I, I struggle with trying to pick what I want to do because I was pretty good at a lot of things, not great at anything, but um I, I struggled. And so I always thought like, oh, well, I'll just be the idea person. Like that was my ideal job. Like I'll just be the ideal idea person. And people will pay me a lot of money to come up with new ideas. Um, and I realized uh, into my 20s that that was never going to happen and that that job doesn't exist. Um, and that the people that actually have success are the people that effort and energy their way through it. <laughs> and that's kind of what I always tell my friends. Like, how are you successful? It's like, I just put 100% in every day. Yeah. Um, and, and eventually I, it, it turned out okay. Eventually <laughs> but, happen, yeah. yeah. Like without energy and effort, it doesn't matter how talented you are in anything. Like honestly, in photography, having better photos only matters to a certain point. Yes. Yeah. I heard right. somebody say like not too long ago is like they're, they see all the time that like photographers that maybe don't have the best photos, but they treat, they, they're great at business. Mm-hmm. are way more successful than people that take amazing photos but aren't good at business. And I was talking to my sister about it and she's like, I think that's why you're successful because you worked in banking for so long so you had that mm-hmm. structure. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was, I worked with the marketing people and so I was always signing up for extra programs and stuff because I just wanted to learn and I wanted to grow. Um, and that's why I left there is because I couldn't grow anymore. They, did, they wouldn't let, they wouldn't, promote me because I didn't have a degree. Um, so I kind of, and, and, and thank, and thankfully they didn't. Yeah. I mean, but think it about it. Like, and, th- and thankfully they, they didn't because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation and you wouldn't be living the life you're living. It's true. But it was frustrating at the time 
Absolutely. I, was, I got laid off from a financial job and I, I hated it at the time. And looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. But like, I was always trying to find ways to be extra. Like I was yep. running contests for the floor. We did like um, quarterly outings and I would plan those and, and plan out like the drinks and the, the snacks for everybody and where we were going to go. And that like I was my manager back then told me like, Emily, you're not a cubicle cubicle associate you're meant to do you're meant to like do so much more and even the day that I was going to give them their two weeks notice a manager walked by and said hey I'm starting this new committee that I want you to help me with I was walking to give my two weeks notice and I was just Uh, I was pissed because I was like listen you guys know that I'm capable of so much more but you're not giving me what I want. You're not letting me get off the phones and just do more with my life. I just wanted to do more, you know, but like it, it, it is a good thing that they didn't do that because I would have never realized what I realize now. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm okay. I'm very similar to you in a lot of ways. Um, I got a degree, but only because my wife wouldn't marry me until I got mine. Um, and that was that was the whole reason I got my degree. So I so I can marry my wife. Um but, you know, I was always that instigator too. Like in high school, like, you know, I was the one running like an illegal gambling ring and I was like running like a t-shirt business. And like, I was, you know, we just always hustled. Um, and yeah, like, you know, I've been laid off from jobs and I'm glad I did now. Um, because I realized that I, I never wanted to let somebody else put a limit on where I could be. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that all those limits are fairly artificial, um, that you can be the person you want to be and have the life you want to have, um, doing the thing. And for me doing the thing that I love doing, which is having a camera in my hand, you know, like what would I trade that for? Like, you know, I tell people all the time, like I get to take my kids to school every day. I usually pick them up every day. I make their breakfast. I make their lunch. I usually cook their dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and be, being around means a whole lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for various reasons that I don't want to get into, but like being present in my kid's life means a great deal for me. And this job allows me to do two things. One, it allows me to do what I love, which is take pictures, but also be to be the dad and the husband that I've always wanted to be. And I, I you couldn't, I, I don't know that I would take a job with anybody else. I, I don't really know what you would have to pay me to give that up. Yeah, it's true. I I feel like I'm still working towards the right balance. Right now I'm shooting so much that I have so much editing to do that sometimes it's very overwhelming. Um, you should hire, you should hire an editor is what you should do. I've thought about it, but like the last few, like I've had so much editing that it takes me all the way till the next event. You know what I mean? And, and, and so my goal is to, you know, shoot, less people be able to pour more into the experience for them and then that equals a little bit less editing which equals more time for me to be with my family you know no i i totally get it i um yeah i totally get that my you know right now it's hard because my kids are doing virtual school so they're doing their schooling three feet away from where my edit desk is and so i don't get any editing done but um but yeah, you know, that's kind of the beauty. Like once they get into school, it's a lot nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mine, mine are in first and fourth right now. So that's been a little bit, and kind of what you're talking about too. I have pictures of myself, like editing a Lightroom with like one of my kids in my arms and then my other hand on the mouse, like as I'm editing, like that's happened a lot. I me. used to edit on uh, top of the changing table. That's what yep. I did. I didn't have a desk or anything. 
Yeah. All right. So what's next? Like, what's the next step for Veriglass imagery? Where what, what's what's going to be happening next? Are you staying in this area? Are you branching out? What's what's going to happen? Oh, so well, I I would love to travel um, a little bit more. I mean, I I still have one little baby who's not in school yet and stuff. So I mean, I can't do a lot of it unless I plan it out. Um, but in the like as a more far out goal, long term goal, um, that's definitely something that I'd like to do. Um, I mean, I'm always looking for ways to add to the experience. I'm building my client closet right now to help with uh, outfits. Um, I have this really cool gift box that I'm doing um, that I can't really get into because I haven't told anybody about that. And then <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to start offering more like uh, premier locations. Okay. Um, so I'll have I'll always have beautiful locations, but there's going to be particular locations that are kind of over the top, um, and those will be priced a little bit differently. So that's something else that I'm working on, and I think that's part of like me wanting to travel and see new places, and not being able to do it yet. So I'm trying to do that for myself here <laughs> by going. I to mean, these. it sounds fun though, right? I mean, like part of your job is like finding really cool places to go shoot in every month. Yes. Yes. Like, that's awesome. Yes. And another big change that I didn't mention earlier is that I used to do this all by myself. Um, I now have a team of people, <laughs> which now that I have them, it's still difficult. How I did it all before, I have no idea how I did it. Now I have an well, assistant. Well, you're, you're upping your standards. And so the new level isn't, the new, the old level isn't good enough. Right. And so now you have to have people to provide that like experience. Like now I have, I have a good. sales assistant. I have the hair and makeup team. I have um, an assistant who, like one of her job is to make sure I eat and drink throughout the day because I'll just keep going. <laughs> and honestly, I'm, I'm at a point way. now I'm where it's like way. my assistant needs an assistant. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's great. She's constantly running around the entire day. I actually feel bad for her. So, um, but it's amazing to come from, you know, renting these places that didn't have elevators and stuff. And I would bring all of my equipment, all of my clothes and everything up by myself. I'd be sweating before I even got up there, set everything up by myself, you know, do everything for the clients by myself. Um, so it's, it's amazing. It, I, and I would highly recommend that um, as far as when people want to be successful is pay attention to the people that you surround yourself with. You, you, you can't move up until you've moved people underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good quote. Is that, is that an original? Uh, I mean, not really, but something like that. <laughs> something like that. No, yeah. I mean, if you want to move up, you got to move people underneath you. Like they're, they're, that's the only way to do it. Um, there, there's a great book called the E-Myth Revisited. It's, it's a really popular, like entrepreneurial book. Um, but it talks about that. That's where I got it from. E-Myth Revisited. I'll put a link to that one because it's been influential in my life. Um, I was going to say something else. What was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> I was going to say about how, <laughs> uh, people don't realize that 90% of photography is just moving all the furniture. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And then uh, how many luxury Airbnbs I've been in where something's been broken. Oh no! From moving this, oh yes, yeah. Oh yes, that happens quite often. Oh man, that's tough. That's tough. But uh, I just, so I honestly stood up. The last event I had was at. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but it was at this really cool house um, that has ramps going all up mm -hmm. it, 
and it's really cool because if you stand at the top it's kind of like a treehouse view like you can see all the way down the different levels okay so i was kind of leaning on the counter on the highest level and looking down and i was seeing you know uh, my salesperson with a with a client looking at their their images together i was seeing my assistant on the bottom floor asking if anybody needed drinks and everything and my hair and makeup girl making the client laugh and everything and i was just like sitting there and i was i d- didn't quite understand how i got there but i was just so i'm so thankful I'm definitely somebody that like I don't take any of it for granted I'm just so because I busted my ass honestly Mm -hmm. to get where I'm at Um, and I think you know when you when you don't get the Harry Potter scenario where something falls into your lap and you do have to bust your ass for it you appreciate it so much more Um, and I was just looking at them and I was just so appreciative and thankful that I'd been grown to this level you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I think about it and, and, and just kind of going back with the Harry Potter, not to like douse on the Harry Potter, but like just the idea, right. I mean, it's every movie ever, right. You know, get swept off your feet, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't think I would want that now. Like, look, I, I, there was certainly a time in my life where I wanted that. Right. I wanted that, that company to come swoop me up Catch and put me on track. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, would I have, would I have appreciated it? Would, would it have meant anything to me if I had instead of like, literally like I built this thing, not by myself. There was absolutely people that helped me along the way, but you know, I built it from the ground up. I mean, I tell people all the time, my first year in business, full-time photography, all I did my first year, we did 6,000 in revenue. Yeah. Mine was four. first year. <laughs> yeah. See second year tripled. I was like, man, I'm getting good at this. I tripled it. 18,000 in revenue. Mm-hmm. Third year. And in between the second and the third year, my wife's like, listen, you got to, you got to step up or you got to step out. Like you better put, get a resume ready to go put in at Dell or somewhere. Cause we can't do this third year tripled again, 54,000 revenue fourth year. I almost hit six figures. We did 98 and then we've been a six figure revenue since then. That's um, awesome. but literally there was a, like two and a half years in it was, you know, it was a, Hey, you better do something like you can't, you can't keep just like kind of doing it. You got to really do it. Um, and it kind of coincided with the birth of my oldest son and there are some other things too, but, um, I also, you know, I kind of say it a lot, but I think businesses in general take three years to, to really hit their stride. Um, and so you have to stick around long enough for word of mouth to happen. You have to stick around, right? I had to wait for those clients my first year. I had to wait for some of them to hit me in year three on that next generation, right? That referral took maybe 18 months, two years to come back to me. Um, Now I was doing, you know, weddings and different things. So it took a little bit longer. Um, But yeah, just that stick-to-itiveness. I don't know if that's a word, but just like being crazy enough to keep doing it, even though the results at the time were maybe like not suggesting, but having the vision of where I at least wanted to hit the next step. You know, I had no idea that I'd be doing the things I'm doing now, but I knew I wanted to be doing more than I was. Yep. Yeah. 
And I hear that in you, right? That, that need for like yes. constant improvement. Yes. Like always saying like, well, how can I make this better? How can I make it more efficient? How can I make it, you know, a bigger experience for my clients? How can I make it more impactful? How can I make it more emotional? Yeah. Um, those are all the things I've been hearing from you. Yeah. Um, and that, that really like warms my heart to hear it because that's how I see myself as well. Well, like, how and can I get you know better? what else is part of it too, I think, is that <sighs> I had a lot of people say to me like, I, it's been so crazy to watch you grow yeah. and, and watch because I, <laughs> if you were to look at some stuff from when I first started, oh, oh dear, um, like things have changed and it changed, oh. it's changed really quickly. Um, but I think that's part of why some people are successful and some are not is that they aren't willing to put in the work to grow and to get better um you can't like i didn't mention this but at the start i purchased like a couple cheap presets online smacked those suckers on there and i was like and i was so snotty about it too like somebody messaged (laughs) me and was like oh it's just really dark is there anywhere you can lighten it? I was like, this is my style. How dare you? This is, <laughs> this is my style. You know, mind you, I use this like cheap ass preset and just put it on there. But like, but I, not only did I put the preset on there and then I turned the exposure way down and like, you can barely see a, like the silhouette of her body. Okay. Apparently I was feeling real dark and moody at the, at the, start, yeah, you were. At the start of everything. And I was just like, who do they think they are criticizing me? This is my style guys. This is my style. And then, you know, and then I looked at it and I was like, I don't know how the change happened, but I just decided to try different things um, and then learn try different things and learn. And if you aren't willing to humble yourself and you're not willing to open yourself up to um, the possibility that maybe you don't you don't know everything from the start and that you're not perfect from the start, um, that's also like a huge contributing factor to being successful, in my opinion. I'm, con- I'm still, you know, my editing is still not super fast um, because I'm very particular about it, but... I'm still, I'm constantly looking into ways to do things faster and do things better. I I don't want to stop. Like just this last one, my, my sales assistant said to me, you know, people don't like these types of pictures that you're taking through the window. And because there's too much reflection, but in my opinion, this is still an art form. And if you, if you stop trying new things, it gets stale real quick. Um, and I give people about 150, uh, I said, absolutely. I said to her, I was like, I give people about 150 photos to choose from. They can ignore the seven through the fucking window. Like if they don't like them, yeah. I know it's not for everybody. So I do the same pose through the window and then I open the window and I do the same pose without the reflection, um, so that they have both, you know, but you have to keep some of you in it. I don't want to be one of those boudoir photographers that has the same 20 poses that they do with each person. And it's like, it's like the McDonald's of boudoir, you know, that's not what I, that's not what I want to be. That's not my brand. I, I want to be creative. I want to do things that stand out compared to the next person. And part of that is that you're going to do things that people don't like. Um, but you just continue to try things and grow and be like, like evolve like Madonna, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I think the worst thing you could tell me about one of my photos is like, it's okay. 
Yeah. Like, I would rather you say, I'd rather you have a strong visceral reaction and say like, I hate this photo or I love this photo. I will take either of those. I'm too but if sensitive. you're like, eh, I'm you're like, eh, it's all right. Uh, just stab me with a knife now. Like that's the, that's the literal, like to have no reaction is worse than a bad reaction to me. Oh, not for me. I'm too sensitive. Really? I'm too sensitive. <laughs> I can't, I only post in groups that don't allow constructive criticism. Josh, because I am just too much of a sensitive Sally. And you know what? At the end of the day, I know that I'm, I know what I'm doing enough that I don't feel as though I need that constructive criticism from randos on the internet. Like if I'm looking for it, I have enough people in my life to reach out to like other photographers and talk to them about it, you know, like in a private manner. I don't need somebody posting on my public post saying stuff i know enough of what i'm doing you know what i mean like it's not like i'm making people look it's been at least it's been at least eight years since i've posted to like a random group and be like hey what do you guys think like it's been at least at least eight years for me now i will have to mention i am president of a photo club and we do image critiques um and so i do submit to those um but it's you know it's people like with actual credentials judging the photos against other photos like that's a little different but yeah i don't know nope you won't (laughs) you know (laughs) you know what's weird though and i I, i've probably told this story too but i was just talking to another photographer friend of mine that i've literally been helping out since she was a teenager and she's well into her 20s now um but i was telling her that i really didn't feel like i hit my my style Mm -hmm until 11 years full-time. Oh, really? It took, I had inklings. I had notions, but I can tell you, I mean, I was at a wedding, Sonny and Rahul. What's up guys? Um, and where I pulled out my like crazy gel lighting and I knew what I was going to get before I, I, I hit the trigger. I did it for effect. I did it to create something in camera that literally I've never seen anybody else do. And it was at that moment that I was like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's who I am. That's, I can pull, I have the confidence and the skill to pull this out during a five minute break at a wedding. And it took me 11 years to get to that point. Yeah. That's awesome. And I say that, I say that because it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And I think this notion that you have to have a style locked down like three years into your business I mean, you have ideas of where you want to be, Mm -hmm. but you're probably not done evolving. No, I don't. Right. And so I'll be bored. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, there were times before that, that I thought I I had it, but I I was never a hundred percent sure. But after that, when I was like, I got this as far as that aspect of what I wanted to do. Well, when I, um, when I started, Josh, I was having people reach out to me, like with such unwanted advice like that like I look at it now like I had a I didn't know much at the time but I had a feeling that it wasn't right you know and you got to look at the person's photos and go do I want my photos to look like that and if not I don't need to take the advice and like this guy was reaching out to me saying you got to turn the clarity way down because like trying to get me to do like the 80s softness Vaseline look yes uh, and at the time, at the time, you know, I was like, really? Like, should I be doing this? You know, you have to be careful who you take advice from. If you don't want to be in their shoes, don't take the advice. <laughs> yeah, there's so and, oh, and the Internet's just full of like, well, actually, what you should have done is it's like, dude, 
Yes. Just I posted up, to the Sony group once because I shoot Sony and people just wrote yep. me a new one in there about these photos I posted. They were like, this doesn't even make sense. Why do you? I always just want to like pull up my bank statement and be like, does it make sense now? Yeah, well, yeah, but like, it's just so rude. Like, it does, and then yeah, I look, look at the guy's profile and the first photo I see is a photo from a wedding that he shot where the groom is hiding behind a tree and the bride's oh, like God. looking for him or something. And I was oh, like, God. listen yeah. here, you cheesy jerk, you don't make comments about my photos, sir. I think that I think the general rule with photography on the internet is the same as seeing a woman that you're unsure is pregnant. Never, ever, 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 ever just make that statement. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, unless, like, unless somebody specifically says, hey, Josh, do I look pregnant? Will I answer that question? Yes. Same with image critiques. Unless I explicitly say, hey, Emily, can you take a look at this photo and tell me what you think? Yes. Unless I say that, don't offer your criticism because it it's not it it's gonna it's not and gonna go well for spoiler you. Spoiler alert: I never say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm I'm surprised to hear that you're sensitive to oh my god criticism though. Oh my god, I am the most sensitive individual. Um, which well, that, that's funny. I had this note of like 20 photos I've seen of yours. Can I go through those? Real uh, quick? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, do you want to survive the evening? Um, no, I just, <laughs> I I think it was because I, I was bullied so bad in high school. I'm just, I'm very uh, sensitive and there are some negative aspects to that, which is that I don't take constructive criticism well. Um, and I cry a lot. But the positive is that I am very good. It makes me very good at what I what I do. I'm very sensitive to women and how they feel about their bodies and what, what I say. Um, so, so there's good things about it. And then, but one of the negatives is I do not, I do not like criticism at all. Isn't it funny though? So often what we think of as our weaknesses are often our strengths. That's how I try and spin it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, like one of one of what I think is my weaknesses. Like when I get nervous, I talk, and I talk fast and a lot. Like that's my defense mechanism. But it also allowed me to like, you know, start a podcast and have no like. It doesn't bother me at all to talk in front of like. Literally, if you gave me ten minutes to go and talk in front of like I don't know twenty thousand people, it absolutely would not bother me at all. I used to be because my. Ner- do you guys have Toastmasters down here? What's that? Do you guys have Toastmasters down here? Yeah, I used to yeah. be a Toastmaster. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. That's why you can look in a TikTok straight in the camera and just talk. Exactly. See? Not face. I know. Uh, it's actually what I studied at university. I was a corporate communication major. So. Oh, there you go. I, yeah, I actually had a college final like that I had to give a, a presentation during a passing period in the College of Communication building with like a thousand people walking by me. Oh, wow. And then the teacher. Yeah, that was pretty nerve wracking, but it didn't bother me. I was fine with it. Everybody else was freaking out. I was like, no, it's, it's cool. Something like that might bother me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have taken an hour of your time now. Let me ask you, is there is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners? Anything else you would like them to know? Um, I mean, not really. I just, um, I think that more people should look into making more of an experience um, for your clients. 
Um, and it can work with pretty much anything, not just photography. Um, because when you do that, people feel like they're getting more for their money. Um, yep. And they're happier <laughs> because they get more. Um, and I think just overall, it just makes it'll make you stand out and it makes you uh, multi multi dimensional, multi dimensional. I can't talk. Um, and I think especially if you're dealing with boudoir, uh, that that's that's what women want. I want. Listen, if my husband told me, hey, I, I got you a gift card, you're going to get to go away to this for a day. You're going to get a massage. You're going to get boudoir photos done with um, somebody who's really great. And um, you're going to get a goodie bag and you're going to get all those things. I would be over the moon. Um, so just think about stuff like that um, and how you can implement it in your business. That's what I would say. No, I think that's great. I mean, for me, our experience, like if you're on set with me, like we're fun. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm crazy. I'll say anything. I'll do anything. Like it's fun. And honestly, people are happy with the experience before they ever see the photos. And that's another thing, though, Josh, is like when people are not people, people, <laughs> person, <laughs> yeah. people, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that, I, that's I the thing, because a lot of people hire photographers who don't like I had somebody tell me that a boudoir photographer s straight up said to them, like, that's very unflattering what you brought to wear. And made comments about their bodies. Yeah, that's not. I'm okay. sure. The, I'm sure the. I'm sure the photos turned out great. Yeah, no, that's not okay. It's also not okay yeah. to not say anything at all, and say stand here, <laughs> stand here, look over that way. And I know that, like, and and you could be the most amazing photographer in the world, um, but you got to be somewhat of a people person. I would. I would argue that that you wouldn't be a good photographer. Really, if you're not a because people person. No, every, every really great photographer I've ever met has been an amazing conversationalist. Really? But absolutely like the opposite. So you think that they're just not successful? They're probably shoot. They're probably shooting landscapes. You think so? Oh, absolutely. The whole reason to pick up a camera is an excuse to go and meet new people. Oh, I don't know. Right. If you shoot Josh, portraits, I hear a lot about photographers not saying, anything show me, to them show me, I'm telling you, show me, show me those. Mm, like wedding I, photographers, I, especially just being like, stand here and goodbye. I don't believe it. Even, I mean, I'm in the wedding biz. We've done over 250 weddings and I'm friends with a lot of them. The best ones are these amazing, vivacious people. Oh, every, every one it, of them. But there's still these people out there that are not. <laughs> I, they, they may be okay, but I don't think they're great. No. Well, I because, agree with you, but that's what I'm kind of saying is I think you have to be a good, like because a good people person to be able to be truly successful. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think you have, you, I, I'll tell you, I know from experience and I'm sure you're the way at the end of your, at the end of your shooting day, how exhausted are you? Oh my God. I hit a wall you're at totally, 8 PM. I've learned that I should not shoot yeah. later than 8 PM. And you're like me, I forget to eat. And when I get done, I'm like, give me four cheeseburgers and a milkshake. Let's go. Yeah. I shoot from 8 AM until 8 PM generally. And my point being is that we pour so much of our energy into it mm -hmm. and we pour so much emotion and energy and effort that at the end of the day, we are a hundred percent spent. Yep. And I don't know how to shoot. I can shoot 0% where I don't pick up my camera and I can shoot a hundred percent where that is the only thing on my mind mm -hmm. and I cannot do anything else. Right. 
And so the people that like, that aren't outgoing, I mean, I'm talking portraits, right? But I mean, landscapes, whatever, you don't have to talk to anybody. The mountains never pose the way I want them to anyway. Um, but you know, if you're a portrait, a people photographer and you don't pour yourself into it, what kind of photos are you getting back? I, I can't imagine they're good. No, they, they might be technically okay, but I bet they don't have that quality to them. Yeah. Where I, always, getting- I always say that to people. Like, I feel like I'm ridiculous sometimes when I shoot, I have a, a habit of consist constantly narrating what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just, but yeah. like funny in a funny way, like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just a little bit ridiculous. And I say words that I normally never say like smidge, like why that word seeps into every shoot that I do. Like, I, like I'm an 80 year old woman. I don't know. Like move, move to the left a smidge. It's like the most annoying thing. I don't remember where I was going with this. But I don't know. But just how much you put yourself out there and into your shoots. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to. You have to pour yourself into it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, we'll end there because I think that's a great note to end in. Whatever art you're making, pour yourself. Yeah, just a smidge. No, pour yourself a hundred percent into what you're doing, and I bet your results will be better. Yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, this. Uh, so let me let me just shout out right real quick. So thank you, Emily, for spending time with us. Um, shout out to all my patrons who make this successful um, and support all the things we do. If you're a Patreon of mine, Patreon.com/slash/Azulox, you get to hear this interview three days early. Uh, so if you really want to hear it sooner, sign up with us, and you'll learn along the way with all of our cool uh, educational photography articles. I just posted about creativity in 2020 and how it's sucking me dry. Um, no, but in ways to get out of that creativity. So um, we are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. So find us there, the Make, Make, Make podcast with Josh Baker. Um, and yeah, this has been episode 13 with Emily. Say bye, Emily. Bye.